Welcome to the Carl Jackson Podcast. Carl Jackson here. Brandon Paul Crouch, the grandson of TBN presidents Paul and Jane Crouch, who are now passed away, who have now passed away. Uh, this interview is probably the most most difficult interview that I've done because he talks about the TBN family and TBN and what happened in that whole situation and uh, he's a friend and I didn't really want to go there but um, it just kind of happened I just started asking questions and honestly I was shocked at some of the answers that he gave we recorded this in my office because we're still in the middle of pandemic so we're trying to take all precautions necessary in studio Um, let's watch we have a guest that's been here at now this is his third time and he's come a third time because I've asked him to come a third time because he's still the number one well he was the number one most listened to uh podcast and out of all my episodes for like the last year and then uh Donald Lawrence just beat you by like a few hundred <laughs> A couple Yo, <laughs> we gotta say some like shocking stuff to get people right, right. to listen then. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. We can't let that happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he just beat you by a few hundred a uh, couple weeks ago. So, but so I was like, well, we gotta have him back because clearly somebody like listening to this guy speak. I like listening to him speak, and you know him as royalty. Uh, Christian television royalty, but he's not just in Christian television anymore. He's actually a director and he's directing everything. We're going to get into it. Would you welcome Mr. Brandon Crouch? Yo, thank you. Carl, what's up, man? How are you? Good, bro. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just living the dream, living the dad life, you know, trying to balance work and play, doing my thing. How are you? I'm good, man. Just keep building and building and building like you are. And uh, we're having some fun over here in the process. I want to talk to you today. I have a couple little things I want to get into with you. First, I wanted to kind of get into last time, two times you've been here, your dad was here the second time. You were here the first time, but we never did this segment called Top Five. So I want to do that with you on this one because the Top Five is what we ask you your favorite foods, your favorite movies, all those type of things. So we'll get into that later. But okay. I want to start with uh, what you've been getting into now. I've noticed you're doing a lot of uh, music videos and directing. Are you liking directing more than you're liking being in front of the camera? Or is it just kind of whatever is paying the bills and making you all the most money? <laughs> hey. It's like directors making you the most money. Hey, um, I love, uh, yeah first of all yes we are working like crazy which is good um i think i i love being in front of the camera um and it was never that i didn't want to be in front of the camera for a long time i think just through the nature of what happened with the family and through the crouch family and just kind of that tragedy um the opportunity just kind of didn't really afford itself and there was wasn't really a platform for it and to be honest with you i thought it was important to kind of to kind of take a step back and to kind of protect my, my immediate family, um, my son and my ex-wife and just, you know, protect them in, in the process of what was going on. And it was a big legal battle and it's still going on, but it got quite ugly. And, and so it was kind of just time for us to just hunker down and find out who we were outside of the TV and family and, and what that looked like. And, you know, kind of do our own thing. And so I knew that I loved, you know, production. I knew production and the better I got at production, the better I was and the better I was behind the camera, the better I was in front of the camera. And so, you know, I, it afforded me the time to get better behind the camera. And, you know, whether that was working with friends on music videos or directing church services or now directing every single event at the Greek theater, you know, oh, we, wow, just dove, we just dove into um, production full time. And, and to be honest with you, I kind of followed my dad's lead a little bit on it because production was his kind of that was always his thing. You know, he started at 14 years old directing TBN with a shower curtain and one camera kind of thing. So 
you know, he, he's been in production forever. And I think he was always forced to be in front of the camera, uh, later on. Um, but it, it, not that he didn't enjoy it. It just wasn't his first love. And so his first love was production. So we just, we just jumped into production and started this little production company called PJ video. And, and that, and it was actually a reiteration of what he had, he had previously, previously done when I was a kid. And now at the time I was, you know, my late twenties, early thirties. And so it was just time to kind of maybe redo that. And, and so we got into production and I went to school of YouTube and, and learned how to edit and, you know, learned how to shoot and F stops and lighting. And, and then obviously dad was there to kind of help along the way. And, and so next thing we know it, we're, you know, shooting Google and Samsung events and Google pixel launches and, we're doing, you know, we're just doing production and in, in, in big ways and cool in really cool ways. And I think there there was a little bit of me that wanted to kind of uh, prove myself outside of the church. And so I kind of pushed to kind of go more corporate, more um, mainstream. And so we, uh, you know, here's a, a good small wisdom nugget. People like to work with their friends. And unfortunately, sometimes friends get chosen over the quality of the candidate, you know, in any situation. And so I always try to treat my clients as if they're my friends and not that they're not, but um, I have a lot of great friends in production that I work with and, you know, I treat them as, a, as such. And, and sometimes you get along with other people and you don't with other people and that's okay. But, you know, we'll go out for a drink or go grab a beer here or go, you know, do whatever go grab some food or whatever and just kind of catch up. And, and I'm really intentional about that. I, I, that's how I operate. That's, um, and I, I think it's working. I mean, like I said, we, we just finished up a really big, um, production job for Arbonne international, the beauty and skincare line that do all the beauty and skincare. And, and so they just did an international launch and we, we helped them create three of the videos. And then we did a bunch of their, um, their translations for them for all the different countries and all that kind of stuff. And so wow. anyway, I say all that to say that, you know, I, I don't, I, it's not that I don't love, not love being in front of the camera. I, I really do. But, um, you know, I just, I love production as well and, and all assets of it. And to be honest with you, I come into work every day and I get to play with camera gear and computers and all that kind of stuff. And it's, and it's fun. So I dig it. So let me pivot a little bit. So how do you, uh gain clients because normally you go through an agency or whatever but it seems like you guys have kind of built a brand and a name and i guess i'm assuming they just kind of call you guys is that how it works or do you have an agent or <laughs> yeah kind of i mean there's there's lots of different ways to go about it um i it, you can i know directors that have agents and that's right. a great route and usually those guys are going after big fish you know, they're going after the big, the big contracts. They're going after the, the advertising agency contracts, or they're going after Kimmel or Fallon, or, you know, they want to get on stuff like that. And, and that's great. I'm, I'm all for that. In fact, I, 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 at some point in my career will pursue an agent and kind of go down that whole path and, and get into the union. And that's where it kind of gets, you know, gets muddy a little sticky and yeah a little muddy is when you muddy. start getting into unions and all yeah. that kind of stuff and, and what you can and can't can't be on and all right. that kind of stuff but for the most part the stuff that we've gotten so far is just you know word of mouth or you work you work with this person you work with that person or whatever but my my philosophy is to always be working right and the and the the reality is is when you're working even if you take a lesser pay for the day or whatever I, you're on set with this person who knows that person who likes your grip truck or likes the way you direct or likes the way you do the camera or whatever. And if you just come at it with a servant's heart and you're just there to serve and do your best and, you know, just have a great attitude on set 99 times out of 10, you're going to get on another set or into another circle of influence or right. whatever it is. And that's kind of been the case with us is, is, we may, we may not get what our asking rate is for this one gig, but it, I mean, dude, something's better than nothing. Right. And so I'll go right. out and, 
most likely meet this person who did, you know, for example, we, I got on a Janae Aiko's music video. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. And that was all through, you know, just this buddy knew this buddy and Janae needed me to come out and do some lighting for a music video that she was doing. And, and it wasn't like some agency hit me up. It wasn't some formal thing. It was just, it was her, her DP, you know, hit me up and said, Hey, we need a guy. Can you come out and light? And I was like, yeah, all day. Let's do it. And that was you it. Guys, you and guys are into friends too, haven't you? You and her? Yeah. So this DP of, of mine, his name's Brandon Parker. He's one of my best friends. Um, he's working like crazy. I'm working like crazy. And it just seems like, you know, our worlds just collide every once in a while on, on obviously big shoots. He does a lot of EDM work. So we've worked with uh guys i don't if you know edm uh jaws and we've worked with skrillex we've worked with steve aoki we've worked with uh you know just a bunch of those guys and and uh, you know they're not hiring these like union directors they're just they're scrapping along too you know what i mean they're they're just they're trying to get a they're trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents. You know yep. what I mean? Like I'm in a nickel. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, sometimes even for big jobs like Steve and, and, and Skrillex, it's like, Hey, can you come out for 500 bucks for the day? And it's like, well, it's not what I normally charge, but dude, it's Steve Aoki. You're going to get out and you're going to do the job. And you know, those guys are working and hustling too. So yeah, you know, I, think I, it's, I, I respect the hustle, you know, the game has changed. I was telling someone the other day, you know, like I remember a Nas video would be, you know, $800,000 for a Nas video. And I heard Nas just did a video for like five grand. Like, I mean, the game's changed in the sense that, that these guys were doing one music video a year and it was like the block you were creating a movie. Now these guys are having to create content daily for every daily. social platform yep. and everything they're doing. I mean, a lot of the big advertising agencies that we work for, a lot, most of the stuff we're doing is just social stuff. You know, it's like we just did a a workout bike video for this company that is putting their stuff on Amazon and they just needed little, you know, teaser Amazon videos. So, you know, it's just the amount of content that's being created right now. It's people are scrapping by and, and doing, you know, little things. And so, I mean, I like to, you know, if, if you have a pie like this and there's 100 percent of the pie, I mean, the top 10% of that pie are like the million plus dollar budgets where you're talking like million plus dollar movies, million plus dollar music videos, all that kind of stuff. But 90% of the pie is a hundred thousand dollars or less projects. And that's a lot of work. I mean, there's a lot of money to be made. There's a lot more money to be made in that pie than there is the big pie. So, I mean, dude, my thing is I'd rather make, a hundred one dollar bills than one one hundred dollar bill because if that if that one you know one hundred dollar bill goes away i'm i got zero but if one 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 dollar goes away i still have 99 dollars. you know what i mean and so that's kind of my philosophy is to be always be working always be on sets be out there i mean for people who are trying to get into the business get out and grip for free you know do whatever you got to do to scrape along, to get out. I mean, we have, I call them kids now because I'm 38, but you know, we have these 22, 23 year old kids hanging around the office all the time. You know, they're, they're editing little things for us and they're running out just, you know, doing whatever they got to do to get by. You know what I mean? So it just never stops, but you know, I'm grateful for it, man. It's, it's a fun industry. It's a fun business to be in and, you know, God's good and, and I'm stoked. So he keeps, the, the phone keeps ringing, the texts keep coming, the emails keep coming and I'm, I'm grateful for it. Let me ask you this. So I'm going to get a little, di- I'm going to get a little dark and deep for a second because yeah. I want you to be back to number one. Okay. okay. Let's do it. <laughs> so, okay. I want to talk about TVN. I haven't, I've always skirted this um, subject because I'm my respect for you and your father. So I don't like to put people on the spot and all this, but I am curious. So I'm going to bring it up because I've read yeah. so much stuff about your sister. I'm assuming that's your sister. Yeah. And about um, your dad and the whole thing and how Matt Crouch got 
TBN and how that was a little shady. At least that's what I'm reading. I don't know if it's true. So this is the speculatory right now. But I want to ask you, so it's, it's a kind of a two-part question. So how do you see him as an uncle, Uncle Matt Crouch? But then how do you see him, uh, how do you see the whole TBN a dynasty that technically belongs to, I would assume, both Matt and Paul Jr.? So, like, what's your perspective on that? And how do you, just honestly, how do you see it? Because my, my take on it is, being in the secular world, I've, I've noticed that it seems like you, 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 there's more, there's honor among thieves, you know, kind of Sopranos type thing. And, but in the church, there seems to be some, I'm hearing more and more stories that are conflicting with what people say that they believe. So what's your take on it? If you don't mind getting into that, your perspective of it, I would like to hear it. Okay. Uh, first of all, I want to just um, say thank you to you for the honor and respect of, you know, kind of um, the way you delivered the question. I thank you for building the friendship before getting into the dirt. And I think that a lot of people are asking the same question that you're asking. And I haven't publicly talked about this stuff until, or since it all kind of, it was, we were in the real thick of it. So I will give you my perspective on it. And my perspective of it was the fact that when the shift from my dad being in charge or or not in charge my dad was underneath my grandparents and being groomed i guess to co i guess um steward the ship um my uncle was running a production company in hollywood at the time and he was making movies like Megiddo and some, you know, some of the other movies and stuff like that. And my dad was kind of the day-to-day -day operations of the network. My old, my older sister, I have two sisters that are younger than me. My older sister, Brittany, she's uh, 36 now. And my younger sister, Kara, she's 28. And my older sister is the smartest person that I know. Um, MBAs and she just she's just smart determined and has a fiery tenacity about her uh, she was running the finances of the company and she was married at the time to a, a guy that I, I, I don't know I, I can't say positive or negative things about him because I don't know I don't know enough about the situation so anyway that was kind of where we were at and, and, and where I was at personally, I was just, I, I was a simple freelancer of the network. I would, I would get paid like, you know, 500 bucks to go host a couple of shows for the day. So I wasn't on staff. I wasn't a part of the day to day. I was really had very little involvement in TBN besides the fact that it was my family and it was my grandparents. I love them. I love their vision. I loved, the idea of creating great content for Christians. And, um, you know, I didn't know what my role was going to be in the future. Um, but I was kind of a innocent bystander, I guess, if that makes any sense. And so um, to save the time of what happened, you can read about it in the news. Yep, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. Um, various things were said and people were accused of this and that and um, it just got ugly real quick. And so um, I just out of kind of, uh, I'm trying to choose my words correctly. Out I, of, I respect that. Take your time. Don't, don't feel stressed or pressured by me. Yeah, I no, want no. words. I guess out of, out of kind of the nature of the situation and not really having a whole lot of involvement in it because it didn't really involve me. It was mainly around my sister and my dad. Right. Um, I tried to do what I could do to kind of support them 
Right. But there really wasn't a lot that I could do. And it was more just, all right, well, I need to kind of change, you know, focus and vision and we're going to move in this direction. And, and so at the time, um, I was finishing college and uh, getting my pastoral degree from uh, uh, and theology degree from Liberty University. So I Jerry figured, Farwell, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have a theology and pastoral degree from from Liberty, and nice. always knew that I kind of had uh, always knew I kind of had production in my back pocket as a, as more of a tool or a trade. Um, I we just decided to kind of take off we I, I took my wife and my my young son at the time and we just we moved up to Santa Monica in hopes to plant a church um obviously that didn't happen various things didn't you know just kind of fell through and we just took we just kind of disappeared really from the family and and so that's kind of what we did and and over time my dad and I kind of linked back up and and we started working together and and then obviously started PJ video back up but um your question was, how do I view my uncle? Um, how do you view Uncle Matt Crouch? That's your uncle I, still. He's your blood. How do you see him, honestly? Um, I'll tell you how I see him. I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> I will tell you off the record how okay. I personally feel. Okay. I will not tell you how I feel uh, publicly. Okay. But I, I do not favorably view him. Right. Is my easy, correct, you know, politically correct answer. But right. I, I'm not going to get into the details on it publicly. Okay. So let me ask you this then. How do you feel about, um, how, let me ask you this. How do you feel watching your father, re, not necessarily rebuild, but because he's not rebuilding, he's always been in production. But how do you see him as a father? who basically was able to digest what happened and pretty much walk away and go, okay, fine. You do what you do and I'm going to do what I do. What, what lessons did you learn in watching him basically, you know, walk away from that with, with really dignity, honestly. Um, yeah. I mean, what you guys saw publicly is not what we saw internally. Right. Um, right. So there was some, good things that I took away from it. But honestly, there were some negative things that I took away from it. Right. I think one of them in, I think my sisters would agree and myself, I think that we would have loved to see my dad fight right, and put up a stand and come out and say, Hey, this isn't right. Let's put the family together and come out and lead a little bit better. And, and that's not a knock against my dad. I think, I think my dad's position on it was more just he 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 was do, he was doing the TBN stuff out of respect for his father mm. and honor to his father mm. but I I don't personally think that that was his like life's goal you know what I mean right and so to right. for him to walk away was kind of like you know, it was a bummer, but I don't think that he was necessarily called by God or invested into it emotionally or physically where it was enough of a cause to fight for. And I think he was trying to protect his mom and dad by not coming out with all of this stuff and stirring the pot, I guess, right. and, and throwing more dirt around. Right. I think he think he thought that he was helping by trying to calm the situation down, not get, let things get public, you know, not go after so-and-so and, and hit the newspapers and hire the lawyers and do all that stuff. And, and unfortunately, when you get involved in stuff in a situation like that, it's not like you can just take them out to the backyard and beat the crap out of them. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you wish you could sometimes, but you know, you you get lawyers involved and it becomes, well, he can't talk to her because his lawyer said this and this and that. And it just becomes this mess of red tape and legal, just mumbo jumbo that I wasn't involved in, thank God, but I, you know, it, it, I don't think he wanted to just go there, you right. know? And right. I, 
I don't blame him, to be honest with you. I really right. don't, because the whole legal system in a situation like that is so ugly, man. It is – I've seen the worst of the worst, and it's just beyond. And it just – it's it's heartbreaking and wrenching, and it, 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 le- it leaves you up at night. It's stressful. And there's millions and millions of dollars being of donor money being paid to these lawyers to, 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 you know, to, to what, I don't know. I just didn't see the point, but. (laughs) (laughs) So, so do you talk to, do you even talk to Matt or anybody from the family or has it been years? I haven't talked to. Well, first of all, I didn't talk to my grandfather for two years before he died. I had a young son before then, before he passed away, that I would have loved for him to meet. Why was that? I wasn't I legal uh, lawyers. Oh, I wasn't wow. able, or I wasn't able, and tried to talk to my grandmother, who I was incredibly close to, and also had my son before she passed away and she was never able to meet my son as well for five years before she passed so to say the estrangement was estranged it was very estranged and have really no desire to talk to or see my uncle really ever that's really that's really sad that um because i know jan was she deeply loved you. I remember that as you, when you were a kid, how much I used to watch you guys. And um, she used to talk about you all the time. Like you were her pride and joy. So that's it just, it's really sad when you think about how money and legal and all that crap can really break a family up. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's we've, we've read about these stories for centuries. <laughs> Kingdoms yeah. have fallen, and you know what I mean. Well, Cleopatra. There's, there's we, nothing new under the sun. Nothing and, new. And any and all of the biblical stories that you read are identical situations and stories to what's happening today. And it is sad. It's a. It was heart. It was very. It was heartbreaking. And I, I'd be lying if I say if I said that I had. I've worked through it, but. Even to this day, it still hurts. Did it take a Did it take a toll in your marriage? Did that help? Or a one a hundred percent. Right. I mean, right. My my wife and I walked off a plane to lawyers at my house asking us to move out because we were living in a in a TV and home. So we we got off a plane from our honeymoon to to no house, no job, nothing, and so that was a, that was a that. It's definitely took a toll on our marriage for sure. Um, on top of uh, on top of my issues, her issue, all of that. But of course, I mean that was definitely a contributing factor for sure. Um, yeah. At thirty eight years old, what have you taken from life today? I'm I was glad to hear you say I go out with friends, I drink a beer. I'm glad to hear you say that. That made me feel really good because it lets me know that there's some growth that's happened in terms of life for you. But what lessons have you learned now that you're 38? What have you learned in the broad scheme of the whole canvas of life? Um, I mean, these are all biblical principles, but one, the, the main thing I, I just, I cling to the, the scriptures. I just went in and just cling to the scriptures. But I think the biggest practical day-to-day wisdom nugget is just to be is it to be grateful for the small things. Mm, yes. You know, yes. a lot of people go through life and, and are so laser focused on this or have super high anxiety or whatever. And I think if we can get to a place to have a heart of gratitude for just what we have, our lives would be so much simpler and easier. Yes. And so for me, that's the biggest takeaway. It's just, I wake up, I'm thankful that my son's healthy. I'm, I'm thankful I got food to eat. I'm thankful that, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing and, and I, dude, life could be so much worse. And I think that that perspective just came from the ability to travel. You know, I've been to Haiti, I've been to 
Uganda, I've been to some of the worst places on the planet and it's just, it's eye opening. So I, I would recommend anybody listening, like if you can get out and do a missions trip or go travel or do whatever, go help, you know, whatever cause you want to help, get out and do it. Cause it is, it, it, it's, you're helping people, but you're really just opening your perspective on life. And so for me, I'm just grateful for the small things, you know, grateful for all the stuff that we have. And, and so that's, that's been my, my biggest, I, I always, you know, that's a mission of mine is to always have a, a, a heart of gratitude. Would you ever um, get married again? I would. Yeah. I'd love to have kids more. I have one. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm not like if it happens, great. If we have more kids, great. If I don't, and we marry some little single mom that doesn't want to have kids, bro, I'm I'm down for whatever. You know, um, I'm pretty easygoing at this point. I just want to I just want someone to hang out with, a friend, you know, someone that we can go out and do fun stuff together, go travel together, that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'd love to get married again. Do you ever have time though, since you work so much? <laughs> right. <laughs> what, I see all these TikTok videos, it's like single dads are the best, right. you know, people to date because they give you their everything, but they, you know, they don't have a lot of time, but they give you their everything. But man, I, I, I have some time, but my kid is my, dude, my kid's my everything. So he, he takes first priority. And, but I think that's, that's, that's a great quality. I mean, I think a lot of women look for that in a, in a man who's gonna, who is going to make his kid first first priority so you know i got my kid he takes up a lot of time and and i got my company and that takes up a lot of time and and hey you know if you're gonna date me you gotta that's that's what comes with it you know so but when we're together it's gonna be great do you feel that uh you're building something that's better now with your father than if he was the the Uh king of tbn (laughs) the king of tbn yo that's a great question. And I, th- I actually wanted to mention that I am more grateful that of what I'm doing now and the door that God closed back then, even though it was so painful today is so much better with that door closed than it would have been with that door open. And, and a cu- couple of things on that, just to say, you know, content distribution is dead. And TBN for the for its for its entirety was a middleman from churches to the world. And right now, every church in America has their own platform and their own streaming service and their own this and their own that. And so, where my dad and I at the time, and I was kind of just in his right ear, was we were trying to steer the turn the ship, and my grandfather was always kind of pulling the reins back but in some in the back of our minds we knew that there was a shift happening with the internet and we were trying to steer the ship into a different direction away from being just a content distribution platform and more into a content creation platform like a netflix netflix right you know netflix that's what itbn was that's what itbn that's what itbn was and it needed to shift away from just redistributing ministries content to creating their own valuable content and 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 so that it, it just with the wheels and the cogs they were just so big and so slow at TBN, it it it, it, t- it would take a whole monumental shift, and my grandfather wasn't really on board with it. My grandmother was doing the Holy Land experience, and so she was kind of just doing her own thing. And we were really trying to shift that because that we knew at some point that you know, and and so to not have to be a part of that just what thousands of employees and and just all the overhead and all the stuff that's stressful, man. That's as a leader, that's stressful. And I think my dad and I, especially my dad are so much more happy doing what we're doing now. We have so little overhead. We can pivot quick. We can move quick. We can stop this. We can do that. We can do all of these different things that we want to do and not have to like get, get the, the, the rest of the ship on board. You know what I mean? And so 
I, dude, it's, I'm so thankful for what I do now versus what could have, should have been, you know, in the TBN world years ago. So, you know, I, I'm never going to completely close the, t I will never until I die, completely close the TBN door that there will ever, that there will be reconciliation. It would take a, a gnarly miracle from God to make that happen. God would have to part the Red Seas and all of the everything to make any type of reconciliation happen at TBN. And he can do it because God can, and I believe he can. But if that doesn't happen, I'm not going to live my life in regret. I'm not going to live my life looking back over my shoulder thinking, woulda, shoulda, coulda, because that's just dragging me down. Those are just weights on me. So right now, dude, I'm free as a bird. We're loving what we're doing. We're having a great time doing it. So. Isn't that really the key to all of it anyway, is just to find your peace and happiness that the thing that makes you happy more so than building this, what we've been told as kids, build this empire, you know, look for that, you know, in the eighties, it was about who had the biggest house, the most gold, the most whatever, but really yeah. it's really about just finding that peace, isn't it? And finding the thing that just makes you content. Just have a heart of gratitude. Be 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 grateful for the small things, and you'll be good. That's really so, the the definition of success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need. I mean, what's a fifty thousand dollar car versus a hundred thousand dollar car? You're you're going to the same place, man. Like same you place. know, you're you're good. So, man, I'm like I said, dude. I don't need to be traveling around on private jets and all. You know, doing the whole. It just it to me. It just I don't see, there's no value in it. You know, right. the value is in my relationships, in my friendships, you know, in my immediate family. And so that's where I'm going to place, you know, my focus. So let me ask you this before we take off. I know you got a busy day. So I want to get into the top five. I want to do the top five with you. Cool. All right. So your, your top five favorite places to visit travel Ooh. places i've been um mykonos greece is top just greece in greece. general just, just i love mediterranean food the food's healthy the people just it's just incredible so the greek islands was top for sure my daughter's mother is from greece oh my god it's incredible her, um, her family her, her blood family lives in greece that's dude she, she wants to go. go so bad, right? <laughs> it's, it's so legit. It's great. Um, top five places. I, I live in the most amazing place in the, on the planet. We live in Orange County. So yeah, I would course. say Orange County or San Diego. Right. Um, Hawaii's top for sure. And then I would kind of start doing like the, you, you travel to different places for different reasons. I mean, some you want to go sit on a beach for a week. Some you want to go see the Lou and, and the Eiffel Tower and all this kind of stuff. But I would say Paris is incredible. Top, that's three. Um, Italy, uh, Rome especially, four. Um, and then I would, I love, like, Japan's incredible. So Tokyo is really? probably five. Yeah, sure. yeah. They, Tokyo. Dude, I'm a sushi guy. Yeah. You know, it just the fresh I'm, I'm a foodie, man. I right. fresh fish. So I, I just, I love good quality food. And so those tops, those are probably my tops for sure. Five, top five favorite foods. Uh, Mediterranean foods. So what's your Japanese. favorite, before you go into your top five, what's your favorite Mediterranean dish, plate, food, whatever? Dude, they, like I had this Branzino in Greece that was like, out of this world they covered it in salt and it was the whole fish and it had the head on it and everything and it was like branzino and and cucumbers and tomatoes and olive oil and like this kosher this salt that i mean it was just bro, <laughs> a little bit of wine oh my god life-changing life-changing Life and then in Italy, they have a prosciutto and melon, and the melon is red. It's not like it's not like pineapple or a, a um, what's the orange melon that we have here? Uh, 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 cantaloupe. What? Uh, yeah, cantaloupe. 
So it's kind of like a cantaloupe thing, but it's red. And it's this prosciutto, finely cured, amazing meat around this melon. And it was like sweet and salty and juicy. And it was, dude, bro, life-changing. <laughs> a little olive oil on it, a little wine. Oh my God. Oh my I love God. How you I love how you always end it with a little wine. <laughs> dude, a little wine with everything. Well, you'll live to a hundred years old. I was telling somebody the other day, I said, my, my dream is to have a yacht Cigar and glass of whiskey. Hey. That's cigar, nice. yacht, glass of whiskey. A yacht that I own. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. The problem is the yacht that you own, you you got like 20 grand a month in overhead on that yeah, thing I just to keep that. it staffed and yeah. gas and all that, dude. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I want to find a friend with a yacht and I'll just, I'll just hang out with him. So you get the yacht and I'll come hang out with you. <laughs> so leave me with the stress. Thanks a lot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I actually had a really cool experience. I was with Benny Hinn and he had a, his closest friend was hundred percent Italian, grew up in Italy in Milan. Oh, wow. About an hour outside of Milan. And I was with him and we went out to his mom's house and she was like 85 year old, hundred percent Italian woman and her husband. And they lived up in these little hill hills of mountain, probably two, three thousand feet up, and and it was all it was the it was like uh, a lake in front of them, and they're up on the side of the mountain, and man, it was just incredible. They they had this little this little cellar that they had dug into the hole of the mountain that kept the wine at a perfect seventy two degrees that the wine needed to stay, and oh, they aged wow. their cheeses there, and this guy would walk up and down like a mile and a half every day to the market to get his, you know, whatever. And they had a little garden out front that they would grow their own like vegetables. And, and so they made us this homemade meal where she made the pastas and the ravioli by hand. I mean, it was, there was no amount of money that could pay for this experience, but we had homemade wine that had been aged for like 20 years. We had homemade pasta, we had all, I mean, everything had been made from scratch in Italy by this this 85-year-old Italian woman. And this guy, he said, the, the key to success is his, uh, and he's an 85-year-old Italian man. He said, I drink a bottle of wine every day and it keeps mm. me healthy. I was wow. like, yo, this guy's on to something. But his lifestyle was walking two, three miles every single day to, to the, the store every market. single day. Right. And he was a bill of health, man. He was healthy. I mean, he looked great for 85 years old and, and, but man loved his wine, drank his wine like crazy. So, so he would, walk, I don't hate, I don't hate it. So he would walk every day to the market. Every day of the market. It's a three mile trip, round trip, but you know, he'd get his stuff and they'd make their own food that didn't have all the pesticides and all the, all the, stuff that our food has here in america and and it was it it was as pure and raw a food that you could get and these people were living healthy and and i mean health is wealth man i think that if we haven't learned by now you know we need to watch what we eat we our food needs to be good we need to be eating the right food you know without all the crap in it and you know and i think that the key to key to fitness if anybody's asking is you know, just get a sweat in every day, whatever it is that you do. Right. If you walk, if you run, if you just sweat one time. Right. Get your heart rate up once, and you, dude, you'll you'll be good. Yeah, the uh, there was a, a re I went to Colombia uh, a, a while back, and I had burgers every day, and I lost weight. Hey, that's how healthy the food was there. Yeah. Yeah, burgers. Right. I had burgers every day and I lost yeah. weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost like it's, 20 it's pounds. Crazy. It was great. crazy. Yeah. It, the food that you put in your body matters. It matters. It matters. Top five dinner. Sorry. So the first one is uh, Greece. Greece, and then Italy. I would say sushi in Japan. I'm a big like ramen guy. So, or pho. If you like pho. It's yeah, like yeah. A, uh, it's uh, Vietnamese did, or what is it? Pho is, I don't know. Anyway, pho. Um, I, 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 dude, I think that's tops for me, dude. Uh, there's a spot here in Orange County called Bear Flag, 
They make some great pokey. Oh my god, fresh oh, fish. Tall. Yo, this place is it's legit. So I'd say info. those are my send me info on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll do it. It's legit. So I'd say that's my top five foods for sure. What was the fa- you didn't do the f- the fifth one? Uh, so we did Mediterranean. We did Italian. The the melon and prosciutto. We did the bronzino. Uh, sushi in Japan. We're gonna do uh pho okay and then, i got you and then i was gonna throw in that pokey place right I got you. The corner. Yeah. okay yeah um top five uh things to do hockey dad church church meaning just my getting in with my bible just spending time with god I love a good brewery with my buddies and I got this big Jeep and we go off-roading in it. Love to go camping, all that kind of stuff. Those are probably daily go-tos for sure. Five top five uh, favorite movies. Bro, that's so <laughs> tough. I'm a, I'm a huge movie buff. So uh, Gladiator. Ooh. Tombstone. Ooh. Those are probably two, Gladiator, Tombstone. Uh, I mean, Ace Ventura, probably. Really? Pet Detective. Okay. Dude, I just thought that that's just such a classic movie. It just kind of killed that movie. It just like, it, 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 it epitomizes that comedy era. And I think that's kind of like the top of those type Mm -hmm. of comedies in that era. Um, two more. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge Marvel comic nerd. Okay. So I'm just gonna say Marvel comic movies. Um, <laughs> I'll throw this one in there. Uh, Fifty First Dates. That's a good one. Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler. Adam. I, I'm, I, I hate to say this and admit this on publicly, but I will. I cry in movies. I am really? a crier. I really? cry. And I every there's not one time that I've watched Fifty First Dates where like the romanticism inside oh, of me of wow. he making him fall in love with her every single day. Yeah. Just I just ball over that. Wow. So, and it's a 50, and it's and it's a metaphoric film, meaning the things you have to do daily to keep a marriage together or relationship. Yeah, yeah. There's just so many good like I just Fifty First Dates, man, that's a good one for sure. Adam Sandler, shout out to Adam. He's put out right? some really good comedies. He doesn't get, so he doesn't t- get credit because he's done a lot of bad ones. He's, but he's done some really good work over. Oh, the- dude, I think Adams Adams. I think he obviously started off in, in SNL and then went on to do some of the most iconic movies iconic. of my generation. Yes, and then kind of fell off the map for a good like 10, 15 years, but. I think he's got another life in him. And I I know people who know him and say that he has some good family. His wife loves him. Mm-hmm. He's got a good relationship with his wife. He's a good guy. People love him. And he's got another life in, in him. And Uncut Gems was the beginning of what people think is going to be another, uh, another kind of era of Adam Sandler that, you know, so I don't know. We'll see. But uh, he... Yeah, dude, that era of comedy that he and others created was incredible. So, Uncut Gems is probably probably one of my favorite uh, dramatics from uh, Adam of all time. That movie was off the chain, beast mode. It was good, huh? Yeah, it was beast good. Mode. Two more questions before I let you go. Um, yeah. Last question. I'm sorry. Two more questions. So the last top five would be: uh, What is your top five uh, favorite? actors i like quirky actors so i'm gonna go tom hardy number one (laughs) um what's the name of the actor that played the the scarecrow in the batman films Ooh, yes i know you're talking about you know i'm talking about i forgot his name him uh obviously um 
Christian Bale for sure. Um, Christian Bale killed that. Have you seen that last film he did where he played Dick Cheney? Yes. Woo! Right. I was he's like, just, he's just Christian got Bale is on some other stuff, man. I know he's he's incredible. Um, two more. Um, I mean, uh, just you're very picky. I could tell. Oh, Joaquin Phoenix, one hundred percent. Yes, Joaquin Phoenix, one hundred percent. And then I'm gonna do. I'm gonna just because it's the best Batman movie of all time. Is uh, I'm gonna do uh, uh, the actor that um, that passed away. Uh, Heath Ledger. The, Heath Ledger. I'm just going to throw him in because that was the best Joker I've ever, that was the best performance Joker. I just love those guys that just, they're, 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 you know, partial, a little bit insane when they get into these roles. I mean, they, they everybody talks about uh, the guy that played Lincoln. Um, Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis, that he is a method actor. And to me, there's just something psychologically interesting about studying those guys. So like a Joaquin Phoenix and a right, Christian right. Bale and and just those and Tom Hardy's. I just dig that weirdness. I dig that like personally, I, I just think it adds so much to their roles. Um, even uh, even uh, Pirates of the Caribbean guy. Uh, Johnny Depp is a beast at it. Johnny Depp. He's the know, godfather like, of it. I think he is, you know, and obviously it's kind of torn. It's 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 kind of a sad story because it's torn torn him up a bit. But you know, just that level that they go to and some of those those films. I should name some women actors, but I just those guys to me are just you know who, next level. You know who else uh, who's almost there? He's not quite there yet, but he's almost there. That's Leo, Leo DiCaprio. Hey, I want to I see. I was gonna throw out Leo and Brad and 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 some of those guys, but. That that's just kind of a cliche answer, you right. know what I mean? Like, I, I wanted to at least dig a little bit deeper and find like a you know Tom Hardy to me is is top. Like his Mad Max was incredible. Um, Heath Ledger, you got to say just because that role in Batman was huge. Uh, I think his name's Clive, but he's in a foul. He's Peaky Blinders. Yeah, he's in. A, he's, yeah. in mm-hmm. uh, he's in a bunch of stuff, but he yeah, he's is in a lot just, of stuff. He's a great actor for sure. Leo is not there yet. I'm gonna just say I don't think he's there yet, but he's almost there, dude. He is almost I, there, dude. See, I think he is there. I think he's been there for a long time. He's just in my scheme of it. I mean, dude, he's Leo's got range, man. He's done obviously the 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 one that he just did where he won the Oscar for it, but then he did like. The Jay Z film, you know, where Jay Z did the soundtrack to Jay Z and Beyonce. What was the? Um, God, man, he did. It was a great movie. Um, Leo. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio did. Um, uh, dude, it came out like ten years ago. My mind's going blank. Um, okay, so ten years ago, I don't. I probably remember because ten years ago, wasn't Gangs of? Didn't he do Gangs of New York ten years ago? Dude. Or is that longer? We need to. I need to look this up. Yeah, I want to know what the soundtrack was that Jay Z did and Beyonce. Yo, dude, it was um. Was it the beach? The film, the beach? No. So obviously, Leo did Inception, which is incredible. But The Great Gatsby. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. He movie. did The Great Gatsby. I forgot man. about That's that. Ra- he did. He did that. Um, I forgot about early that. on in his career. Another incredible film is Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, he killed that. He killed that. He obviously did The Revenant, which is incredible. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Wolf of Wall Street. Bro, Leonardo DiCaprio is like... Wolf of Wall Street was a beast. Dude. That movie. Yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo! But I didn't, like, I didn't like Once Upon a Time in L.A., in Los Angeles. In Hollywood? I didn't like that movie. And I'm a Quentin, I mean... I'm a Quentin fan. Like, I am obsessed oh, really? with Quentin. I've met him three or four different times at different parties. Yeah. Talk to him two or three hours at a time, yeah. and he's a genius. As a matter of fact, he pitched to me Kill Bill before he shot it. No way! I promise to God, I, I have I have witnesses of this. He literally wow. pitched to me for thirty minutes. He's standing there; it's just me and him, and he's telling me, 
I said, so what are you writing next? I'm thinking he's going to give me some short, I don't know you answer. <laughs> he gives yeah. me this 30 minute, because it was a party, it was a private party. But he gives me this 30 minute whole thing and wow. he shot it exactly how he described it to me. Yeah, wow. That's incredible, man. It's incredible. So I love Quentin. I'm saying that to say I love Quentin, but I did not he's like- He's incredible. I did not like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right. I mean, teach is their own. I, I, you got to take every Quentin movie with kind of a grain of salt. You got to, right. you have to know what you're, you have to go into it and digest it with a bit of knowing that Quentin Tarantino made it, if that makes sense. And Quentin Tarantino <laughs> is Quentin Tarantino. He's not overlooked by some studio or boss. He doesn't care about cutting his films down. He is in Quentin Tarantino loves Quentin Tarantino like Kanye loves Kanye. Right. Meaning <laughs> that should be meaning a t-shirt. When, when Quentin Tarantino shoots a scene, he is in love with that scene, and he's not going to cut that scene down the way that it should or would have been under a studio head or an executive. And so you have to know that. And right. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a prime example of him not cutting his own film down for the sake of him loving his art and if you know that then you're gonna sit through the 45 minute scene that could have been 15 or should have been 15 and so if you if you love quentin you love him for his art you watch his movies and some of them are better than others but once upon a time in Hollywood was one of those ones where you had to just sit down, grit, and just watch it, you know, for what it was and enjoy it for what it was. And and so, because you're saying basically we like Quentin because we he loves himself and he's kind movies. of right, kind right. of. Yeah, you when, know, you watch, he, when you watch Pulp Fiction or Jackie, I love Jackie Brown, but when you watch uh, Pulp Fiction and when you like watch uh, what's it, Glorious Bastard. Yeah, you know, you 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 you're getting this whole concept that okay, he's just giving us his fantasy of the whole um, Hitler saga. Yeah, you know, yeah. his his version of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and he gave it to us in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well. I mean, that was his version of it. Right. You know, his version of the of those murders, and so. But yeah, I mean, his his spin on things, and dude, Django and Chain was really good. Woo! You know what I liked uh, about Django? Django was the first time I think my dad, ate, my dad's age group saw a love story, cowboy love story, because they like cowboy movies. Yeah. That was a black cowboy movie, but it was a love story. Yeah. And yeah, that was the first time one. they saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Last question. What, um, what have you gotten from your... Um, studies as you study the word i know you still a uh, you're not a pastor but you are a minister right i have a license to be a pastor right. i mean i carry a license but I, I am not pastoring at a church right now so what are you what are you hearing right now with in these times and everything what are you what is what is the sense in your spirit of what you think the body of christ or just people in general need to hear right now before we before we take off um, I mean, I think the theme of what we've been talking about is just to, you know, position yourself for, to have a heart of gratitude. And I think that COVID's done a number on a lot of people for better, or for worse. And, you know, wherever you're at, to be grateful for where you're at and what you have. You know, I think at least for me, that has been the rock of kind of everything that I do. Um, you know, I'm not going to prophesy or prophetically lie about, you know, this or that, but I think just in the season, humility goes a long way, you know, in your relationships and your marriages and with your kids and bosses, spouses, employers, all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, to humble yourselves before the Lord and he will do the fighting, the raising up, the armoring um in any situation that anybody's in so i think that that's kind of you know a theme that's been running through this podcast is just 
you know, to be in a position of gratefulness and, and thankfulness is, is kind of, I think that the, what I would be saying to close friends and family for sure. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you doing this podcast a third time. Hopefully you come back three or four more times in the future. We need to get those ratings up. I, I hope I talked enough dirt on people to, to get those ratings up. I hope that all of you learned something from this tonight. I hope if nothing else, you learned that nothing else matters if you don't know what true success is. Until next time, be blessed.